This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. This episode is sponsored by BuddyBuild. I remember having a conversation with one of our co-hosts about the Jenkins setup they have for their build server. And all of the issues that they had, getting it set up, getting it running, and then it stopped working. Why not just go with something that just works? BuddyBuild is a solution that provides continuous integration and delivery for your iOS apps. If you're looking for a way to get your tests running, your continuous integration running, and have your app delivered, then check out BuddyBuild. For a free trial, go to devchat.tv slash buddy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 165 of the iFreak Show. Today in our panel, we have Caleb Hicks. Hi, everyone. I'm in Park City, Utah today, catching some Pokemon. Lane Mosley. Hi, I'm in Utah, but I'm not catching Pokemon. I'm here in Richfield, Minnesota, in my basement. I don't see any Pokemon, but my phone's not on, so I'm not sure if I'm doing that right. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with this Pokemon thing, but we're going to get to the bottom of this. Caleb, can you help us out? What, what's happening here? We're going to talk about Pokemon Go today, the new app from Nintendo and Niantic, I believe is how they say it. It's the augmented reality app. There's some great discussion we can have here and the cultural phenomenon that's happening with it, but also some of the technical implementations with the app. So just quick summary of what the app is. It's an augmented reality app. You download the app, you log in, and you are placed on a map, and you can walk around and catch Pokemon. Um, so how, how does and, augmented reality differ than, say, virtual reality? Are those the same thing? So virtual reality, I, I, to me, the biggest difference would be that's putting on, you know, goggles. You're walking around a situation or a what's the word I'm thinking of here? <laughs> I mean, most of the uh, ones I've seen, like you're in a chair, you've got some headphones yeah. on, you can't see anything around you. You're completely immersed. Like whatever you're viewing is just on the screen. You're like whatever's happening in the room, you really have no concept of. Yeah, exactly. So the difference here with augmented reality is you are walking around the real world and your phone is displaying the buildings and the roads and the paths, but also your little character that's running around and also the Pokemon that pop up along the way or the different stops that you can stop up at and pick up items or the gyms where you can go and, and battle other trainers. So what's really cool about Pokemon Go and one of the reasons it's really taking off is the real life aspect of it that, you know, it's getting people out moving and out meeting other people and interacting with the world instead of s- sitting in a chair like you would be with virtual reality. Yeah, so you, I think... It- In short, you could say that virtual reality replaces what you see and augmented reality enhances what you see. That sounds about right. So how how do you play this game? I'm I'm vaguely familiar with what Pokemon are. It was a card game at one point after my time when I I played those games. 
what exactly is happening here? Why are people walking around staring at their phones? <laughs> That's a great question. The idea is there's 150, it, at least in the initial versions, it, in the original versions of Pokemon and currently right now in Pokemon Go, there's a, a 150 or 151 different creatures that you are trying to learn about and, and track and catch. So in, in the app, you are walking around and trying to find all 151 of these different Pokemon. And as you, as you walk around, they will randomly, uh, there's, there's a guide of nearby Pokemon that you can tap on. And it's kind of a rudimentary tracking system that helps you track down the, the different Pokemon that you may have seen before or maybe haven't. And it uses a kind of a, one, two, or three footsteps to determine the distance from you. And then you're moving around trying to find these Pokemon. And when you get close to them, they pop out and you tap on them on the screen and you can, uh, it comes up with this augmented reality view. Uh, it's got, it's using your camera to show the background and it's got, you know, a little sprite of a 3D Pokemon that you throw Pokeballs at and try to uh, catch it. And there's different, you know, items you can use to make it easier to catch them or uh, do different things. But the idea being you're trying to catch it while you see it there. So you get actually some of the, you go online and you see screenshots people have taken of, you know, Pokemon sitting in their car seat or... Pikachu sitting at the dinner table or something like that. So uh, people are having a lot of fun with it from that angle as well. Just using that augmented reality view to see Pokemon with the real world. So is it random how the Pokemon exist in in the world? They just spread around or they, they cluster? So some of it's random, but some of it is also based on there are patterns to where certain Pokemon show up. Uh, so, for example, in, in my neighborhood at home, there's maybe 10 to 15 super common Pokemon, two or three that show up all the time. So if, if my wife and I go out on a walk with the kids, our kids love this, uh, we'll, we'll go out walking around the neighborhood and we'll find, you know, Rattatas and Pidgeys and that are just like super common. And then, you know, every, every once in a while, a more rare one will, will spawn in, a specific location. So I don't know exactly how they're doing this on the back end, but it seems like there are some some spawn points where uh, more rare Pokemon will show up randomly for a short amount of time. But then based on location, more common Pokemon will show up in, in certain places. So for example, in, in Lehigh, Utah, where I live, there's there's a certain set of really common Pokemon. I'm here in Park City today, and it's a it's a pretty different set uh, I was out in California earlier this week, and it was a completely different set of more common Pokemon as well. So they, it's definitely regionally based, but also some some randomness thrown in there as well. Okay, now each person, if you're on a walk with your family and you're all playing, you all can see the same Pokemon, or is it different for each app? Yeah, so you all see the same Pokemon most of the time. There are certain items you can use that would make it so that only a certain person sees uh, a specific Pokemon. But I, you know, I think from the back end standpoint, it's generating the same Pokemon in the same places. And the same people that are in those places at specific times can catch the same things. So I could go with my kid and play 
you know, if we, if we went everywhere together, we could essentially build up more or less the same collection of Pokemon. So Caleb, do you know much about, you know, how they select these places and locations? Yeah, this is actually really interesting. So the company behind this, you know, you obviously have Nintendo, but there's another, the, the company that built the app is Niantic. And they had another really popular augmented reality game called Ingress that was pretty popular maybe a year, 18 months ago. And I did not play Ingress, but I know there are some different aspects of it that, that are similar to Pokemon Go in that you go to specific locations and there are uh, specific teams and you would do different things at these locations. So in Ingress, you would go to kind of these memorial points. In downtown Salt Lake City, there's a lot of different like plaques or famous buildings or different iconic areas. And so people would submit pictures of these places and, and some details about them to deal with that game. Uh, and all of the data that Niantic built up from their earlier game, Ingress, is now used to kind of drive where Pokemon show up in Pokemon Go and where the different Poke stops are and where the gyms are. So a lot of people have actually gone back and, and referenced, a lot of players of the game have gone back and referenced iconic locations in the Ingress game to, you know, help drive where they're going to go in the Pokemon Go game. So it's fascinating from a developer standpoint to use that data from one app in driving how the next one works. So it's also interesting to note that Niantic, this company, is uh, it was an internal startup at Google and was spun out in 2015. So this really is like a Google product. Yeah, I knew there had been some relation with Google Maps team, but I, I was not aware that that was that it started as a, a internal Google team. That's interesting. Yeah, so Ingress was really like a Google product. You know, it was just it's this game they built on top of you know Google Maps and all that. And it's amazing to see the evolution of what they've done with that. So cool. So everyone gives uh, Google a lot of credit for being really good at cloud services. So this is this is a team out of Google. And so far in, in the early days of the app, there are major issues with the cloud services and backend services in the app. What, what have you guys heard about that? The main thing I've heard is, well, there's two things I've heard. Uh, the first is, when you signed in with your Google account, they would request full access to your account. Now it seems like this was just a, an oversight and they didn't, they didn't mean for this to happen, but it's kind of a funny thing in a high profile product for an app to ask for the entire access of your Gmail account. Um, so they actually fixed that with an update recently. I think it was either yesterday or today. Uh, but then the new thing is, is you can't even log in with, they have their own account on their Pokemon site. I don't know what that's called called but you can't log in with that anymore it's completely broken ouch it's just interesting as a software developer you know we we try to test software as much as we can and sometimes little little things slip by in this case a very big thing actually slipped through that raises a couple points one does it matter because i'm seeing a lot of people outside walking around staring at their phones that i don't want to stereotype these people but i don't think a lot of these people have seen the outdoors in a while just by the complexion. So a lot of people are out there regardless, you know, even if there are all these bugs and we've heard like some pretty bad ones, like some pretty serious, you know, privacy issues and weird crashes. Yeah. Do it's, bugs it's, matter. 
it's interesting to see what people are willing to give up for, uh, you know, for privacy for a, a game or for, uh, you know, simple services. Uh, I've, I've been wary of Google services in the past and, and, you know, for some reason, the Pokemon Go, whether it's nostalgia or what, like I'm, I, that wasn't a big deal to me, but there certainly are major, uh, bugs in the app. You, you mentioned you've seen a lot of people outside. I was actually at a park out in California, uh, earlier this week and Sunday evening, there were over a hundred people in the park. There were just some different aspects in the game that, that brought a lot of people into one location. And it's really interesting to see how many people are still playing the app with all of the bugs that it has. I mean, it probably, if I were to play an hour straight through, I would probably have to force quit the app and re-log in to the app using my Google account between 8 and 15 times in an hour. That's crazy. So you you have to like log in again when you force quit? So the most recent update, the one that came out yesterday, did fix that. But previously, you had to re-log in seemingly at random. It, my guess, I actually posted this on Twitter, was every time the servers went down, the, their solution to it was just to disconnect everybody and log everybody out from their, the back end. Um, wow. And I don't, I don't know that that's accurate, but seemingly everyone was logged out all the time and had to relog in, which is a bummer for us people that have two-factor authentication and long passwords and stuff like that. It was kind of a big pain, but but people would still do it because it's it's you know I was still playing because of of the content that's there. So, James, you brought up an interesting question: like, do the bugs matter? And the answer is, so far, they they haven't. I mean, it's the biggest the biggest game in the in my memory of uh, as as far as going from zero to what it is today, cultural phenomenon. It's crazy that the bugs have not slowed that down at all. Well, a couple interesting statistics that I've read are they're approaching you know the daily users of Twitter after what seven days, ten days. That's like crazy numbers. And then the other one that I've read is that people are spending an average of 40 minutes per day in the app, which is double that of Snapchat, which is like Snapchat's kind of like the golden standard. And so, you know, those usage numbers are like unheard of. Yeah, that's pretty amazing for a new product. And even if, you know, you're in the cloud and the selling point is like, oh, you just roll up new servers at that scale. I, mean, I don't even know how that works. I don't know how you would be able to scale a software system that quickly. It, it's pretty astounding how they can keep anything working at that scale that fast. I mean, Twitter had years and they had their issues early on, but you know, all these companies that we're talking about have been around for years and have had people working on it. And this one came out and just blew up. I doubt they anticipated this type of traction. So there's no way. I mean, when they're up to 30 million, like daily users, that's crazy. (laughs) So many people. That's like a VC's pitch deck. You know, the founder, we're getting 30 million users in the first week. There was a story on The Verge earlier this week, Monday or Tuesday, about a guy who had built a... He was on the beta for this Pokemon Go app, and he decided he was going to build a chat app as like a companion app for people to chat about. It was location-based and people to chat that were playing this game and going after similar objectives. That he was just getting crushed by even his companion app was getting crushed by people downloading it and and running it and he I the title of the article was developer builds pokemon chat app that 
is bankrupting him or something like that. So even, even the, yeah. So it, it makes you wonder like what matters more in an app, the content or the actual execution, the technical execution of the experience. What do you guys think about that? So I have another, um, another product that I am very interested in that follows the same thing. So I'm a big fan of the Dark Souls video games and they technically are absolutely horrible. Like they are buggy. They have bad frame rates. The multiplayer is the same way, like disconnects all the time. There's like 50 millisecond lag when you're playing multiplayer, but nobody cares whatsoever because the content is just so good. It's fantastic. In fact, I'm reminded of there was a bug in one of the games where the durability of your weapons was tied to the frame rate of the, the, the frame rate, right? And so they released the app on, or they, or they released the game on PC. And because PCs can have, you know, whatever frame rate they want, everybody's weapons would break after like two minutes. And they didn't even fix the bug for like a year. And nobody cared. What? Everyone just why, kept playing. Why was that? Like, how, what's the relationship between frame rate and for whatever reason, whenever when they wrote the code for the for the durability of the weapons, they somehow tied it directly like a one to one relationship with the frame rate. So every frame, your weapon would would degrade. So I, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't you know I don't work on games, but a uh, weird developer it, act to just get something out the door. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the same thing as Pokemon, though. Technically horrible. But nobody seems to care because they have a deep connection to the game in, in, in different ways. I would say people certainly care. Uh, I, I mean, if you go and read on forums or Reddit, people are complaining, but it's it's definitely not stopping them from playing. And it's not stopping them from going and buying in-app purchases right, and, that's a good and heading out. So, I, I mean, people definitely care, but it's it, it, it's fascinating that it's not stopping people from right, playing. Like- it's not enough to deter from from what they're doing. So, I mean, wow, that's amazing. Even leaving bad reviews, one-star reviews, that's a form of caring. If you don't care, you just turn off the app and you walk away and never deal with it again. So I guess in I'm, this I'm case... I'm pulling up know, the ratings to see what it's at in the app store right now. <laughs> I think last I looked, it was like three and a half stars. But anyway, I, I guess the point is, you know, if your content is good enough, people that are interested in it will overlook that and continue to use it. I agree. I think that, but I think also that bar for how good the content has to be is extremely high. If, if it's not extremely high where you have something you really care about because people grew up playing Pokemon and they're kind of reliving a bit of their childhood or young adulthood, that is overcoming the bugs and obvious frustrations that if you're trying to start with something new, even if it might be good, I mean, people aren't going to give it a second chance, but. Yeah, I don't see any way that any regular independent developer would be able to put something like this together. Even if they didn't have the Pokemon license, just all of the location data and everything that Niantic is using from Ingress. I mean, it, it, people talk about how this is an overnight success and a huge phenomenon, but this, the data behind this and the experience behind this is, you know, probably closer to a decade in the making on top of the license to do this with the Pokemon characters. 
That's true because it has roots in, you know, like the original Google Earth. I, as far as I understand, the guy that started this internal startup at Google, he was hired on like a decade ago to work on Google Maps and Google Earth. So you're right, like a, probably a decade worth of data and work to make it do what it's doing. But this is pretty typical of most overnight successes, you know, years of work in obscurity, which finally pays off. So how does the success of Pokemon Go affect the game ecosystem? I mean, now we have a stunning success of augmented reality apps. Does this make existing apps more attractive to to buyers, to to developers? What do you think the effect's going to be? It's really interesting the timing of a successful augmented reality app because there's been so much excitement and press and, and everything around virtual reality. And then all of a sudden, you've got this app that does something similar, but in a very different way. And it just takes off. And I, and I, I believe that it's because, you know, everyone has a smartphone that can already do this. You know, the big problem with virtual reality is, you know, you have to buy hardware and it's extremely expensive. But augmented reality has been something that, that we've all wanted to do on smartphones for a long time. Um, I remember. Five years ago, you know, there's augmented reality apps that could take your camera and look at a sign, you know, like in Germany, and it would translate the German into English right there. Like super cool. And so I, I don't know. I just am wondering if this is going to be, you know, a, a great segue into a, a whole new way, wave of augmented reality software, because obviously we've seen it is super exciting if you've got the, the right content. Austin Allred tweeted on the 11th. Uh, he said, I like to imagine that somewhere out there, there's an augmented reality game that has been fundraising for six months with zero interest whatsoever until Friday when Pokemon yeah. came out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. And given the way that, that industry works, I, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Like that's, that's probably reality where we're now all of a sudden going to start to see a lot of these types of games get funding or get picked up and get released over the next year. It'll be interesting to see what other content comes out with this type of gameplay. Yeah, definitely. I think the next, the pitch decks for all the entrepreneurs building location based or AR games are just like the next Pokemon Go. We're going to make the world yep. a better place. Seriously. Like, it's like the front page of their slide deck. It'll also be interesting to see what Nintendo learns from this. You know, for, for so long, they've been stuck in this mindset, like our content goes on our portable devices and nothing else. But to see how big this got so quickly, it'll be interesting to see if they bring more of their intellectual property to mobile. Yeah, I mean, have you guys seen their stock? Like it's up. 30%. They've added in the past week about $10 billion in, in their market cap. And so obviously, like everyone's taking note, hey, look at what Nintendo can do with an awesome smartphone app. And I would think it'd be so silly for them not to keep going really hard into to smartphones. Mario Kart Go. That would be awesome. You could drive down the highway competing against other people. I-15 is going to be, be a nightmare. That'll be, that'll be great. Can you get like the Drop the bomb on people. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. You Integrate know it with I, the self-driving cars so that it Discuss this with your lawyers first before uh, implementing this. So the other thing I think this is going to do just for the public is, you know, two weeks ago, if you would have asked somebody, hey, you know, what what is augmented reality? Nobody really would have known. And I don't know if they're going to know it through those terms now. But as this continues to grow people are going to understand what this type of technology can add. And, you know, public perception 
is a super important thing for your app. And so, and just for, for software and products in general. And so as the public understands more what this can add, it's just going to get more and more, I think, popular. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's leading to a lot of new opportunities and, you know, possibly existing apps. There's a app people have been playing for probably four or five years called Conquer, where a lot of similar concepts, you've got three factions fighting against each other, which is similar to what, how I understand the gyms work in Pokemon and it's location based. So you're fighting over your hometown. So apps like that can get more traction or people can explain it easier. I think the problem, a lot of these apps had trying to get out there is trying to convince people what they actually did. Even if you're trying to convince people what you're doing while you're trying to build the app yourself and get users, that's a hurdle. And I think this clears the way for a lot of people to understand what the opportunities are with this type of technology. There were, yep. there were quite a few memes coming out uh, on, on Friday when Pokemon Go was released that were, you know, people, it, it had a screenshot of the game and it was like, how do I move this character? And, and someone responding like, you have to actually get up and move. And I think you're exactly right, Jane, that the experience of having played this game is going to open the door for quite a few more games like that that require, you know, actually going and moving and being a part of the world. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. I looked forward to seeing what else comes down the pipe. I think that, um, you know, Microsoft is building their augmented reality thing. And this is going to be a benefit to them because, you know, they've got more proof that this is something that people are definitely interested in. Definitely. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the, the HoloLens and how it works. And it's still pretty early on. I got a chance to try it out, but definitely opens up the possibilities for gaming, you know, wearing that and not having to walk around with the phone in your hand draining your battery. You can actually wear it on your head and have a more natural interaction with the world. Yeah, because that's more of a, more of a virtual reality type thing where it kind of takes over your whole field of vision but doesn't completely replace it, which is pretty interesting. And then there's, um, I would mention, there's another company out there called Magic Leap. And they're they're doing augmented and virtual reality and... Super interesting. They're really, really secretive, though. So there's not a lot known about them. But I'm sure that they're thrilled with this because it's just it's a boon for their platform as well. Yeah, very cool. So let's get to the picks. We've had a good discussion. A lot of cool things have happened with this. I think it opens up a lot of new opportunities. So it's be fun to see what's coming up. Caleb, what do you have for us? I've got two picks and they are both on topic. Uh, The first pick is the Pokemon Go subreddit. If you're interested in this game and you want to learn more about it, that is kind of the central place for discussion and memes and fun anecdotes about people playing the game. So check that out. Uh, and then the, the second one, this is an unreleased product right now, but because Pokemon Go is using augmented reality and location and it's using Unity for its 3D layout, it, it's very battery hungry. So two picks that will help with that is any external battery pack. I have, it's called the Power Bank. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes to that that I really love um, that will charge uh, mobile phones and, and also iPads, but really any of those external chargers. The other one is N- Nintendo has, has made uh, millions, if not billions of dollars on hardware accessories for their software games. And they've got one for Pokemon Go coming out. It's called the Nintendo Pokemon Go Plus. And it's a Bluetooth LE wristband that has a little Pokeball on it that you can push the button to interact with 
things in the game without having to turn on your phone and blow through some battery and, and all that. So those are my two picks. All of those links will be in the show notes. Very cool. Lane, what do you have for us? Slightly on topic. I previously, one of my picks was the uh, HTC Vive, you know, virtual reality headset. Since then, I've been able to try the three, I I would say, leading uh, virtual reality headsets. And it's the Oculus Rift, the HTC Vive, and the um, PlayStation VR. Tried all three of them. And I would say, I think my favorite one out of all of those is the PlayStation VR, which is surprising to me because it's by far the cheapest way to get into virtual reality. And mainly it's because of two things. Um, one is comfort. It's by far the most comfortable um, headset. And two, the display is gorgeous. It's better than the other ones. It's a nice, they call it an OLED display that they put in there. And it just looks so good. And it, it's very important because it's so close to your eyes that you can really see the pixels. And it, it made a pretty big difference. So my pick is the PlayStation VR. And that comes out in um, October. Very I am cool. very excited about the PlayStation VR. It was way better than I expected. So it's pretty cool. Okay, I'm going to have one pick. I didn't really have any picked out. But since everyone's having trouble with their batteries playing Pokemon Go, I do have a battery pack charger that I'm pretty happy with, the Power Ed. I received it as a gift a little while ago, and it's on sale now for like 16 bucks. It's pretty good. It's got two USB outputs, and it charges pretty quick. So you could, you and a friend could play Pokemon all day. I think. I think you're, you're set for quite a few charges. It does pretty well. My power ad. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But that's my pick. Awesome. So yeah, I had a great time talking with this. I learned a little bit about it. I think everyone's noticed the phenomenon of people walking around that didn't used to be staring at their phones. There's always been people staring at their phones, but there's so many more now. It's the gatherings that just blow my mind. Like I saw a picture from my brother-in-law at a campus, and there was like hundreds of people in this park. It's crazy. That's pretty exciting. Now it's time for both of you to be the very best and go catch them all. That's right. I'm <laughs> Lane, by next week, I'm going to catch more than you. Okay. At least, at least equal. Okay. If you don't catch any, I, I, I will win. I'll okay. Try. We have a we have a challenge. Who beat the I, Pikachu? I accept. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tune in next week to find out who is the Pokemaster. Is that how you All say right. It? All right. Have a good week, everyone. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.